0: That's why we need that's why we need family. That's <laughs> why we need each other. We cannot walk we cannot walk this life alone. We weren't intended to walk this life alone, so Hey we'll do that. Lisa we'll do that other song at the end. Okay. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. We're just going to start there today. And I want you to know I've got a lot of scriptures printed out. So Some of them will be on the screen, some of them won't. Some of them you'll just have to listen to and you can write down the reference to. But as I was uh, preparing, I was kind of reminded of... Uh, just that, that song we sang, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever, and kind of going through my spirit and going through my mind, it's, it's that song that says, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. You will go before me. You will never leave me. I am not alone. It uh, says something else too, but it's just like that that phrase. And you know, there, there's, some, there's something powerful about the presence of God. And what I mean by that is, I mean, we, we get the presence of God but that he's present that he's that he's there you know throughout the scripture there's all kinds of promises about God being present with us you know with with my kids whenever I come home I'm so glad and this may go away when they get older you you who have older kids can tell me but when I walk in the door everybody goes yeah, daddy's home. Yeah, it's like an exciting thing, right? You know, I it probably doesn't happen when they're like 15, right? <laughs> no. Cooper, do you still do that? Yeah, sometimes. Okay, Cooper's awesome, man. He's the he's 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 the man. So, uh you know, I understand that goes away, but l- little kids, you know, even my baby baby girls, you know, when daddy comes home, there's just the daddy smile, you know. She she smiles and she's 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 glad that I'm there. That I'm I'm there because for us we we learn early on as kids that there's sometimes you're there and sometimes you're gone. Daddy has to go to work. You know he has he can't just stay home and play toys with you all day, right? Uh, I wish I could. And wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I was with the kids the whole weekend last week, so. <laughs> They got their da- daddy time in then. Yeah. So, but there's there's the idea of, of we we learn that there's times when you're present and you're not present. You know, you just can't be with someone all the time. In fact, you know, if you got married and you were never separated, I mean, there's probably something dysfunctional about that because like sometimes you have to go get gas and go to the store by yourself. You don't, you know, it's not like this permanent relationship. But here, here's where it changes up with the Lord. He's always there. He's always there. You know, my little one, sometimes all she wants is someone to be there. I don't have to be paying attention to her. As long as we're sitting in the room, like sit on the ground, she can go play. She's a lot better at playing when even when one of her brothers is around because there's something about being present. There's something about the presence of someone else in our lives. You know, when we when we encourage our kids to start being bold on their own and just, you know, interacting with adults or like ordering their own food or something at a restaurant, you know, there's, you know, if you send them by themselves, they're going to be a whole lot more scared the first time than if you say, I'm going to walk with you and I'll go there, but you, you can tell them what you want to eat. You know, my dad, I told a story when he was a kid that just, just broke my heart. Don't get mad at my grandpa or anything. Um... For it, but when my dad was a, a kid, one of his most stark memories when he was real little was his his dad wanted him to grow up, says, it 's time for you to grow up, son you 're five now, or whatever and uh, so he had to go order ice cream on his own, so he all he knew to do was he had to go up to the ice cream counter and order his ice cream, whatever the flavor was i can 't remember what he, he he remembers everything about he remembers every detail about it you know my dad 's like sixty a bunch of years old now, um, he's old, but he still remembers these. Sorry, I just get that in every week. I, I I'm I'm dealing with this forty number that's approaching, and so if I make fun of people that are older than me, it makes me feel better. Okay, so it's just a coping method. Okay, thank you. So, but he he went to order, and so whatever flavor he wanted, they didn't have, and so. He didn't know what to do as a little kid. I don't know how old he was. He could tell you how old. And you probably shouldn't ask him about this story because it's kind of traumatizing. So, but he, he begins to be frustrated because he said all he knows what to do, he only knows what to say, I want vanilla ice cream. And they say, we don't have any vanilla. And so all he knows to say is, I want vanilla ice cream. And so he just keeps saying it over and over again. We don't have any. And he starts crying and screaming and going crazy. And so his dad has come up there and said, what are you doing, son? You know, whatever. And so it was a not a good memory. <laughs> As a child, it, it really s- scarred him. You know, that's the thing I, I was saying. It, there's a, it's amazing how these things that happen when we're children mark our lives sometimes for bad. And that's why God says, hey, here's my provision for that. It's a healthy home. It's a, it's a whole home with the presence and the power of God present in there where I say, hey, this is a safe place. And so, you know what? I don't, you know, when I think about my kids and trying to make them do something, I, there's there's that thought in the back of my head, I don't want to abandon them to where they feel like they're all alone. Man, that's the Father, heart of God right there. You know, sometimes in our lives, we're like, God, where are you? We've all asked that question, right? Man, God, where are you? Are you not here, you know? And if you are here, can you do something? <sighs> Can you do what I want you to do? I mean, I we had that happen in the, in the hospice room with my mom. I mean, that we'd walk in there, and I would sense the presence of God. You know, whenever I'm in in the presence of the Holy Spirit, I'm sensing God's presence. You'll notice my handshakes. I don't know if you, I'm not trying to point it out, but but that happens. It doesn't happen all the time. I'm not just getting old. It's only in the. Pre- <laughs> You know, and so we we go in I and mean, like we we go in the room like, man, the presence of God was just there. You know, and I'm I'm aware of the presence of God. And like, you know, and as Ashley has said before, it's like, we know you're here, God, but can you please do what what we want you to do? <laughs> and so there's sometimes when we're when we're like that. But um you know, I remember the testimony of of Greg's sister. We read that testimony of her going through was it like an MRI deal, or what was it? It was M R I and she was really nervous about it, but then she had this, this encounter with God where she realized God was with her, and there, there's more to it than that, but that's the part I remember. So, so it's like, if if you're in there, God, I can go back in. If you're there, God, I can go through this. And I think there's something powerful that God is present, that He says, I'm, I'm going to be there. So at the end, before Jesus left, you know, when someone leaves, they're going to say some important stuff, and He says, here, um, all authority... Uh, first he says what what we said earlier, Therefore, uh, go and make, make disciples, baptizing them. There's the... He's commanding, hey, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, which will be on the screen, it says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he says right at the end, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age, or into the ages, is kind of the literal Greek. There is like, in other words, forever. I'm never going to leave you. That was a lot, one of the last things Jesus said before he ascended heaven. I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to be there. And you know, as I look at scripture, there's there's like scripture after scripture after scripture where God shows up, and the first thing He says is He reassures, says, "I'm I'm there. I'm going to be with you. I will be with you." I am with you. Let me read a couple of them here. Let me, you know, let me read a couple of these scriptures. Uh, and it's in many different situations where God always, one of the first things he says to us is, I'm with you. It's one of the most powerful promises that we have that God, no matter what, is never going to leave us. He's never going to abandon us. doesn't matter what we're facing. doesn't matter where, whether we feel it or not. doesn't matter where, you know whether we get the, the tingles of the presence of God or not. He says, look, I'm there. I am present. I have, I have not gone anywhere. I'm with you. That's a promise that we have to hold on. In Isaac, Isaac was in a time of waiting. Isaac was a guy that had been, lived, lived a life and hadn't seen the fullness of the promises of God. With, you know, sometimes you live long enough and you go, man, God, am I going to, you know, is this really true? Is this, you know, how come things aren't working out like I want them to do? And, and God says in, in, in Genesis 26, stay in this land a while and I, I will be with you. And I will bless you. To you and your descendants, I will give these lands. And later on in verse 24, it says, That night the Lord appeared to him again and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. His son Jacob, when he was in a time of, you know, kind of running and going to find, find a wife, kind of a time of confusion, kind of a time of searching in his life, trying to figure out where his life was, God appears to him at Bethel. Genesis 28, and God says, I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. I will not leave you. Jesus in John 14, if you want to shoot that one on the screen, I forgot to say that one. Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. You know, I don't know what it's like to be an orphan. I don't know what it's like to have no parents, and kind of feel like I don't belong in the world. But Jesus says, hey, look, when you're with me, you're never going to be like that because I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm not going to abandon you. The disciples were concerned because they realized there was a, you know, they understood presence and presence. You know, if you're present, you're here. If you're gone, Jesus kept saying, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go away. Well, what if you're going to go away, you're not going to be with us. He says, no, I'm not. I'm going to go away, but I'm still going to be with you. I'm the only one that can do that. Everybody else, when they go away, they're not with you. But when I go away, I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you. There's Isaac, there's Jacob, there's Moses, where he encounters God. At the burning bush, and God says, I've called you to do this. You know, it was, it was a, a time of calling for Moses, but it was also a time of great fear. He's like, I don't know if I want to go back to Egypt. You know, I killed somebody, they might kill me. There, it, was a, it was a big deal to Moses. It wasn't like Moses was always this big, confident guy. No, he was scared to death of it. And God comes to him and says, this was God's answer to his fear. This was God's answer to his fear and his uncertainty about the future and about the things and the challenges he was going to face. I will be with you. God says, Exodus 3.12, God says, you know, Moses says, how is this going to happen? God says, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that that I have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God on this mountain. In other words, once you do it and you get back here, that's going to be the sign. In other words, God says, when I carry you through and you get on the other side, oh, we got there. That's the sign. I want a sign beforehand. God says, I'm going to give you a sign afterwards. (laughs) Sometimes we want that sign up front that says, this is going to happen. God says, no, I'm going to be with you. And when you go through it on the other side... Then you'll know once you're at that place where I'm sending you. You'll know that that was the sign that you got there. <laughs> Man, I, I wish God would just do be, you know, do what I want sometimes. <laughs> Don't you wish? I mean, I know it'd be bad if I was in control because I'm a control freak. Actually, I'm not. I'm not as bad as I used to be. But you know, I like to be in control, and we that's that's why we that's why we get a phrase that we like to be in control. We want everything to be worked out like we want. God says, no, hey, I'm going to be with you. And Moses says, that's not enough. God says, fine. Okay, throw your staff down. We're going to have you do some magic tricks too. (laughs) Put your hand in the cloak. Come out. Ooh, leprosy. Put it back in. Oh, see, not leprosy. Okay, Moses. Can you go now? But see, God's answer to Moses, his his first choice was always, I'm there. Because if I'm there, nothing else matters. You don't need anything else if you have me. I mean, that's where God appears to... Who does God reveal himself to Moses? He says, look, I am. He's the God of the present. He's the God of the now. I'm there. You get to the future, I'm already there, because I am. You get to tomorrow, I've already been there, because I am. You get through this, I'm there. I'm waiting on the other side, I'm there. You know, in the... There's the, the names of God in the Old Testament. One of them is Jehovah Shammah or Yahweh Shammah. It's the God who's there. He's just there. He's already there. He's not trying to get anywhere. God's there. We're the only ones that have to get there. He says, I will be with you as you get there, but I'm there when you get there. Because I will never leave you. Yeah, that was the answer. Hey, hey, when when Joshua, in the book of Joshua... Chapter 1 and verse 5, you know, Moses is dead and God says, hey, you're in charge now. I'm sorry. I know you thought Moses was going to do this job, but Moses couldn't cut, cut it. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, here's Joshua. Basically, I want you to do what Moses couldn't do. And I think we get, was this in spirit wars? It sounds like I just heard this l- lately. I don't know. It's, it's somewhere else I heard it. And, but think about it. That was, that was what Joshua was facing moses the greatest leader that anybody in the people of god had ever seen he failed and now it's your shot okay your turn now moses couldn't do it but i'm calling you to do what moses couldn't do joshua was in a serious moment of prayer at that point joshua was like you know and he had been in the tent it says joshua stayed in the tent in the presence of god so he knew but what is what does joshua what does god say to joshua Joshua 1 5, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Joshua 3 7, it says, Today I'll begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. So God's answer to Joshua was the same thing I'm there. My, I'm, my presence will go with you. In Gideon, the book of Judges, it was a time of oppression. So if you're facing a time of, of oppression or, or breaking chains in your life or seeing freedom in your life, that's the, that's the time Gideon was at. It was a time where the enemy was coming in and dominating the people of God. And Gideon, he finds Gideon hiding in a place and he says, God says to him, Hey, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior you. And Gideon's like, God is, you know, if I'm a mighty warrior and God's with me, then how come all this stuff has happened? And the Lord answers, Judges 6.16, I will be with you. Gideon's like, how is this going to happen? God says, I'll be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. That was the answer that God had for him. I'm going to be there. Solomon, when he was taken over after David, the great king, God says the same thing. It was a time of a new position, a a, a new beginning, stepping into a new uh calling and a job for him, basically. If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and commands, as David my servant did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David, and I'll give Israel to you. Go to the book of Jeremiah. We're covering the whole Bible today, okay? <laughs> the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah Faith was in a time of conflict and a time of loneliness. Look, Jeremiah had the calling of God that you don't want. That calling was, everything you say, nobody's ever going to listen to you. In other words, your ministry is going to look like a total failure because no one's ever going to do what you say. You're going to give words from God, people are going to say, that's not God. Every single time, that's not God, that's not God, that's not God. But you have to keep doing it because God says, no, I sent you. Total rejection. With everything He did, not once did people say, that might be God. No, it was always no. No, no, no. I don't like hearing no all the time. But here's what God says, do not be afraid of them. Je- Jeremiah eight, for I am with you and I will rescue you. Jeremiah one hundred nineteen. they will fight against you but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 15, I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. You know, this is, this is well into Jeremiah's life. You know, Jeremiah 1 was the calling. You know, Jeremiah 15, he's realized what the calling is. A calling of being rejected every time he gives something from God. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you to rescue you and save you, declares the Lord. When the people of God were going to rebuild the temple in the book of Haggai. Anybody ever read Haggai or Haggai? The book about rebuilding the temple of God. In other words, the place where the presence of God dwells. And so they were were facing that challenge. And look what God says. Haggai 1.13, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. That was the message of God. I am with you. In chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, the high priest, son of Zadok, Jazadok. Be strong in all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. How about the New Testament? Paul, when he's in uh, Corinth, and he's supposed to stay there, what does God speak to him? In, in Acts 18.10, it says this, Stay here a while, for I am with you. And no one's going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. Let me read a few more scriptures. Here's here's just a few more general scriptures given to the people of God throughout uh, the Bible. Isaiah 41 and 10. Holy Spirit, sink these into our heart as as we read them. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Verse 5, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. In Jeremiah 30, to the people of God, I am with you and will save you, declares the Lord. Though I completely destroy all the nations among you, I will not completely destroy you. Jeremiah forty two eleven. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now free, fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and deliver you. Jeremiah forty six. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, for I am with you, declares the Lord. I think it's a major theme in the Bible <laughs> that God says, "I'm there." And so what we need as the people of God is no matter what situation, you can go through any of those people and say, what's the situation I'm facing right now? And a lot of times we're looking for all these other answers, and God's first response is always, I'm going to go try and do this, God, and what's the sign I'm going to do this? And God says, I'm going with you. The greatest, mark that, the greatest mark that God gave us, that He's with us, is that He filled us with His presence In our own selves. That Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go away. It's better that I go so that you have the Holy Spirit. Because now you're the temple of God. You know, all those promises in the Old Testament, I think they're still valid for us as the people of God. Certainly they were fulfilled through the cross when when Jesus took care of all that needed to be taken care of. But here's the deal. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. It was a, the Holy Spirit coming upon them was, a, was an event occasion. In other words, when you needed something, when you needed to operate in the power of God, then it says the Holy Spirit would come upon them. There's only one person in the Old Testament where it says that God came upon him and never left. You know who that is? David. David. That's why David in Psalm 51, when he's sinned, when he's done the worst thing he could ever think of doing, how could I do that, God? How could I do that? What does he say? Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because David recognized the power of the presence of God in his life. You know, God being there, a lot of times that's his answer. And a lot of times, uh, who wants to help me? Volunteer, come on up. Walk up here. Walk up here. A volunteer. I need a volunteer. Guy, come on. Just just stand here, okay? Guy's going to be God. <laughs> you up to the task? sure. <laughs> you can do all things through Christ, right? <clears throat> so here's the deal. He's there. If I'm looking this way, I don't know if he's there. There's a, there's a certain point, I'll tell you when I see guy out of my peripheral vision here. We'll see how good it is. Should I see him? I can see him now. I can see a yellow shirt just out of my peripheral vision. I know somebody's there now. But sometimes in life, we're so stuck with here what's here that i don't know who's here i see what's here in front of me in life it's become so real that i fail to recognize who is with me thank you sir (laughs) you know we're sometimes looking all over the place oh god go god where are you and he's usually he's like i'm right behind you (laughs) you just have to turn your ear turn your eyes change your change your focus And you'll know, hey, I'm there. The other thing we have to realize, and the question I have to ask myself, is just having God enough? That's a tough question. I mean, the the right answer is yes. Is just having God enough? It is. So when I don't have anything else... When all my prayers are not answered, when everything I I want about my life is not working out, I have to realize that God has given me the greatest promises. I'm with you. I'm there. I'm in you. Am I enough? Am I enough? And God answers that for us. He says, I am. (laughs) That's my name. I am. I am the one that's enough. And so I need my awareness turned on. Sometimes I just need to know. You know, and I believe that like my wife says, I think a key is you begin to you begin to praise God and thank God for things, and you suddenly realize, oh no, He's He's always been there. He, he's never left me. We think we're in a situation where, man, God, I wish you would have this, whatever, fill in the blank. I mean, we all have those things. Man, God, I wish you would have you know, when, when you're walking people through inner healing, healing hurts the past. And here's the deal. I I never recommend going to your past unless the Holy Spirit is leading you there. Because if you go to the, your past with yourself, you you get a distorted perspective. If you go to the past with the devil, it's really a lie. You only go to your past when the Holy Spirit takes you there. Because only He can give you the revelation, can show you what's really going on. One of the ways, one of the methods, I don't even want to say, it, maybe maybe tools is the wrong word, but just the methods of bringing hurt, healing to hurts in people's lives is sometimes for that person that under the anointing and leading the Holy Spirit to go back and say, and say, Holy Spirit, show me where you were when I was going through that. And the Holy Spirit reveals, hey, you weren't abandoned in that time. I was there with you. And we can ask all these questions. Well, God, why did you do this? But that's, that's that's not the point. God can't control every everybody. God is not in control of everybody. <laughs> He's not. Everybody, God says, hey, you have to freely give up control. So that means everybody else that I run into in life, they can do whatever they want. God is in control in sense of the overarching thing, but he's not in control of every little thing that happens in people's lives. Because why? People do what they want to do, not what he wants. That's why I never say, just take everything in life and say, oh, that's what God wanted. No. Sometimes it's not what God wanted. Things happen in our life that God didn't want to happen. Everything doesn't happen for a reason. We don't just shouldn't just receive everything. Well, God wanted that. No. Some of those things God didn't want. Because if God wanted that, then you're like, he's not good. Why would God want that in my life? Now, does God take those things and use them for good? Yes, he does. But it's a big difference to say that everything happens for a reason, and God gives everything that happens a reason. Get the difference? Everything that happens for a reason means it's just happening. It's It's just fatalism. It's just... Well, just, everything just happens for a reason. I just have to receive that. No, God says no. I'm going to. I'm greater than that thing that happened to you. Because I'm greater than anything that any human can do to you. I'm going I'm to use that. I'm going to work in that. I'm going I'm to use my godness, my greatness, my omniscience, my omnipotence, my power, my goodness. And I'm going to shape you. And I'm going I'm to bring you through that. And you're, there's going to be a purpose in that. But I may not have wanted that. But I'm going to use that because I saw that it was coming. And I knew that person would choose to do that. And I knew you'd have to walk through this. So I've made the promise, I will be with you. I will walk you through this. And on the other side, when you get there, it's going to be like Moses. You'll go, I know that God did that. I know that God brought me through. And His presence is enough that He walks me through it. And so sometimes, you know, if the Holy Spirit leads you, you, you can allow the Holy Spirit to take you back. And there can be a Holy Spirit revelation that brings healing to our past hurts. Because most of what holds me back in the present is not is is not the present, sometimes it's the past. And God never intended us to live that way. He didn't intend us to have me just drag through life with my past, kind of just holding me down. And so some, He doesn't always just deal with every issue, but there's things in my life, in my heart, in my head, the way I think that God says, I need to change that. So in order to change that, I have to go back and deal with what caused that to change in you. So that it can be right, and so now you can see properly in the present, and so that you can now step into the future. I guess the worship team is me. So uh, <clears throat> Thank you to ministering to hearts. God, those who've those who've dealt with abandonment and rejection issues and things that have that have hurt them, God. I just pray for healing in every single heart today wholeness and healing in every single heart God by the revelation of who you are and that you're there thank you Lord And Lord let us be people who live as if you're with us so Lord when I'm praying help me pray as if you're right there Lord, when I'm speaking to someone else, just a word of encouragement. Help me to speak it as if you're right next to me. When I'm sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus with someone, help me do it with joy and compassion, just like you're right there with me. Oh, Lord, I'm not alone in anything I do. I'm not alone in anything I do. You're there with me. Thank you for the courage and the joy and the strength that will be released in our lives when we more fully realize your promise of being with us, God. We thank you for that this morning, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said...